hello and uh, welcome to uh, the latest podcast, podcast number nine, I think, in the Wisdom Experience podcast series with myself, Naomi martel Bundock, and my lovely co-host. And Kylo, you're in the Kylo house. Kylo is absolutely in the house, which always makes me giggle when you say and, that. And I'm, and, I'm, and I'm not in lockdown anymore. We, can you help me out with that? I'm trying to understand that we're not on lockdown anymore. Just lockdown is done. Is that correct? In the UK? Essentially, yes, but yeah. that doesn't mean that we can just go out and freely mix with anybody and everybody. We still have to social distance when we're out and about. So we've got to still social distance, but you essentially there's, there's, there's still a few industries that aren't fully open, but every, every industry now has been given the green light to be able to go back to business if they want to, given if they meet the right kind of conditions. I understand we'll be able to go to the gyms and pools and... Uh, other things because those were like the last holdouts um so essentially yes providing yeah. people actually follow the social distancing yeah. rules that, otherwise and, the markers are going to change and answer we're all me this and is it again. still a pandemic going on oh no that's a great question and i don't know because i've not thought about it i suppose that the question for that is so when's a pandemic not a pandemic it's still a pandemic but now we're <laughs> acting like nothing's going down down well except that of course from i think is it the 25th or the 27th of july we all need to wear masks in shops yeah. um, which is an interesting one because it really is about people understanding that wearing masks is it stops you from spreading coronavirus it's not it's not going to stop you catching it necessarily yeah but the if we're all wearing masks, it's less likely to be spread. There's a lot so of debate. There's a lot of people going crazy about having to wear a mask, you know? Mm. I was listening to a program their... on Radio 4 yesterday. So uh, yesterday I was on the motorway. I was listening to, to a program on Radio 4, and they were discussing the difference between the Western uh, response to wearing masks versus Japan. And... A Radio 4 presenter had gone and, and was standing in one of the busiest uh, railway stations in Japan and it was kind of hundreds upon hundreds of people were streaming past him and every single person was wearing a mask. Not one wasn't. And it was that understanding of community and responsibility and that individual responsibility Um was was what they were saying, yeah. which I found quite interesting. Yeah, no, it is. It's it's quite interesting our response to it, and um, like I've got some friends that are way on the spectrum of conspiracy theory, and it's just a violation of your your uh, freedoms. And if you're wearing a mask and you're just for this fake pandemic, then you're just a sheep. And then in my head, I'm like. Well, actually, if you really thought about it, right, um, you wear clothes. That's a law. You don't just walk outside. You know, you're obeying that one. <laughs> um, you know, you're there's, you know, the whole idea of law and rules. You are giving up your freedoms in that sense. So you're not just doing whatever you're doing. So why you're not questioning the fact that they tell you, you got to wear clothes outside, but you're going crazy because you got to wear a mask interesting isn't it and that doesn't make so, any sense but we better stop because otherwise we're going to have people up in arms and then we're yes. going to get we're going to get hate <laughs> we're going to get trolled 
um, and get hate mail for talking about this and being on the wrong side of it. And I'm on the right. I just think, you know, just wear your mask. It doesn't hurt anything. Um, well, exactly. And I will just say that I presume and I can only presume that anybody who is up in arms about wearing a mask clearly either hasn't suffered or contracted coronavirus or hasn't uh, lost anybody as a result of coronavirus. So that's my point of view. Ah, see. Mm. It's only real until it affects them. Is that what you're saying? Apparently so. Ah, Apparently so. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Well, what are we talking about today? What's on the What's on the agenda? <laughs> Well, today, we've obviously done, as I said, we've done eight episodes, and there's kind of lots of terms that have been popping up throughout those eight episodes, which is not a great surprise. But I thought that it would be really useful for us to explore a little bit more about what we mean by those individual phrases, uh, and also just to find out how they fit into what we're trying to do with the podcast overall. So we know that the podcast, you know, we're, we're trying to develop something here, which is an engaging conversation, which is stimulating people um, so that they feel enriched as a result of listening to our conversation. We're not running it like a workshop or a training, which obviously both you and I do professionally. Um, and when we go out and we, we do those kind of trainings, you know, we very much, well, Actually, this will be one of the things we talk a little bit about. But one of the things that I always do in my workshops or even in my individual coaching sessions is people are always, they have a task to go away and do as a result. And it can be anything, but it's about implementing what we've covered or taking what they've learned and implementing it into their life in some way. Um, and we don't do that uh, specifically in the podcast, do we? we? We have a good old chat. Uh, we go off on a few tangents. We try and bring it back, but we don't specifically give people something to do. Yeah, so we're not a podcast that says, come here, learn how to do this thing, and then we tell you the three methods of how to meditate and here, now go do these three methods kind of thing. So we don't, we're not a how-to podcast, um, so we're not training anybody on anything um we're learning podcasts so you come and you listen and you'll learn something by listening to the conversation um so you'll learn um your different point of view on a particular topic uh, you'll further your own thinking based around what our discussion and some of that might be pro some of that might be con and you know it surfaces up um on our twitter feed you know some people may agree more with what you've had to say about a point. Some agree more with what I've had to say. But the thing is, they've now had a debate within their head, solidified their own thinking, further their thinking, or have gone off to um, investigate further or more or to write um, their own piece on that so that they, because it sparked something in their mind. So it's 100% a learning podcast, uh, but it's not a training podcast. Um yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's kind of, you know, the idea behind setting it up in the first place. One, um, I believe that, you know, one of the best ways of learning is through dialogue. So come, we have a conversation. I have a point of view. I have to articulate that point of view to you, to you which means I need to make it a bit clearer in my mind in order for me to be able to express it to you. Um, you hearing it either 
agree with or disagree with or agree with some of it, disagree with some of it, then you tell me, you know, I get to hear your point of view, which then, you know, I take some of that in and maybe some of it I don't, but it helps to either clarify my thinking, um, deny or confirm some of my thoughts. Um, and then the overall experience becomes one of, you know, I, I've moved along um, in my uh, development. So I'm more enriched having had the conversation. So that's one of the things that's always attracted me to uh, these conversational podcasts. Um, it's because, it, yeah, it's a good fireside chat that you're getting in and having that, that sort of dialogue to expand one's one's views, basically, one's perspective, one's views, one's ideas, uh, get some new ones, all that kind of stuff, I think. Absolutely. Uh, and actually, of course, the other thing that it can naturally lead to is that both you and I and you who, who's listening, um, to it can lead you to asking a different question or a new question, a related question. So through that dialogue, you're working things through, you're thinking about things, and you're moving forward with your thoughts or your understanding. Um, and we've kind of touched on this a lot because obviously we, we touch on philosophy a lot. Um, so there's a couple, actually, couple of things really I would like. So one, I think when we came to this, um, when we were thinking about the idea, um, and you said that you were... I think you said you were not a philosopher or, or something along those lines, or you didn't, you know, you, you know, you wouldn't identify with that term, philosophy. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't think I was mm, intelligent enough in an academic sense to to be a philosopher, and I've never studied philosophy. So I have a book by my Maimonides, um, that was my grandpa's, but I've never actually read it. Uh, and so, and I kind of basically was thinking, right, well, because I've never read any of these the Stoic philosophies or there's lots of things that I'm vaguely aware of, but I've never read anything or studied anything. So I wouldn't consider myself a philosopher. Right. And then when you go back to the actual origin of philosophy, and this is, a, this is part of the problem I have with um where philosophy might be at because it's been kind of hijacked by the academics. So people tend to think of philosophy and they tend to think of academic philosophy, but not a Greek philosophy, which was essentially, I mean, the word itself means love of wisdom. Um, and it's the study of general and fundamental questions about existence about values, about reason, about mind. So anytime you have a, all the questions that we've been asking on this podcast, um, those are fillers, that's philosophy. You're asking fundamental questions about your life, about existence, about um, what's right, what's wrong. You know, we just had a discussion about um, these masks. You know, that's philosophy. Is it right to wear a mask or not to wear a mask? And so you have a conversation about that and you say why you think we should wear a mask because it's good for the community, because it helps other people, because it's kind to be good to other people. And somebody else might come on the other side and say, no, individual freedom is the most important human right. Um, 
to tell me I have to wear a mask is violates my personal freedom. And then you have a debate. That's philosophy. Um, and so I'm always taken aback when people think that they're not philosophers um, because they think of academic philosophy. I've got to go study Kant and, um, you know, however, all these different philosophers and I've got to, um, you know, be steeped in logic um, and i got to make these academic arguments for and against things. And that's a kind of, well, that's academic philosophy. That's what that's about. But actual philosophy for the people um, in its truest sense, like I always sort of tell people, you know, Socrates, he never wrote a single thing down. Um, and he spent all his time in the markets, you know, hanging out with the fishermen, <laughs> the tanners, hanging out with the farmers, um, and just getting people to, you know, really think about their assertions and the things that they believe to be true but never really questioned, which is what we do all the time. Even as coaches, you're questioning people's belief system. Why do you believe that thing in the way that you believe it? Um, and try and in some way, shape, or form to help them maybe expand that system of thought or belief. So how then is philosophy different from religion? Well, re well, there'll be a f so there'll be an aspect of philosophy that studies religion. So if you think about the different branches of philosophy, there'll be spiritual philosophy. Um, there'll be philosophy of uh, knowledge. So how do we know what we know? There'll be philosophy, like metaphysical philosophy. Um, there'll be moral and ethical philosophy. Um, so there'll be a philosophy of technology. So there's people who study, you know, the you know the ethics ethics of um, technology. In fact, Google and and for sure has a position for, you know, they this thing that we're getting ready to do is it moral? Is it right for us to? to do this thing you got guys who are studying robots where they got you know they're studying again is it is it good moral right to you know um make these robots in this way so you'll have all these different branches of schools of philosophy but then religion is a you know that religion itself becomes a practice for our i guess spiritual self or a way of practicing spirituality based off of a, a religious philosophy. So, you know, there's a, there's a thought process or a school of thought around Christianity. Well, there's lots of them, um, mm -hmm. but each of those would be, they'll have their own philosophy of life or how they see religion need to play out and what kind of rules that go with it. So, um, and there'll be lots of debates. In, so, I mean, philosophy becomes a, a fundamental part of everything that we do because you'll have a discussion on either side of um, something that affects your your life, your well-being, your you know your sense of who you are. Um, so it's you know it is a a fundamental part of everybody's life, really. So that's okay. So so philosophy could. 
is a fundamental part of everybody's life, whether or not you're consciously aware of it. Yeah, whether or not you want to call what you do philosophy, because you think of, as I say, so, I mean, there was a, there was a time when philosophy uh, wasn't its own separate thing, and it appeared in the sciences. Um, it appeared, in fact, it's appeared in a number of different places. It appeared in the sort of humanities or like literature or something along those lines. Um, but then I guess, and this all comes down, if you want to take a look at this, you know, where universities are wanting to have their little battle. So you get caught up in the politics of universities and, okay, <laughs> well, actually, let's create our own little branch thing here called philosophy where it's own, and it's going to have these disciplines to it and these um, criteria, you know, so you create something so that you can have a body of knowledge of it and be protective of that body of knowledge. And I think then it becomes, um, it starts to exclude people out of that. And then we lost touch with what philosophy was. Philosophy, the word, lose touch with it, but actually you're practicing philosophy every day of your life. Ask a question. Like I said, the mask is a perfect one. Um, you'll have a debate about yes or no, you know, and then, you know, the better you can, that you, you know, if you want to add, you know, sort of rationalism in there and, and logic and being able to have a proper argument, um, you know, that takes a little bit of studying, uh, but you mentioned about, you know, it takes some critical thinking something I know you were keen to explore more. So critical mm. thinking, which people don't necessarily do. Again, it's a skill. It's something you have to go and learn how to critical, critically think, how to take apart an assertion. So if I'm saying that all oh, people should wear a mask, you know, don't just say it because that dude on the news said you have to wear a mask. What's, you know, what's the reasoning behind it? What's your reasoning behind it? Can you see both sides of why you should versus why you shouldn't? And then ultimately, you know, where do you sit philosophically about, you know, is it all about me? So are you an egoist? Are you an altruist? So are you more about community and the greater good? Or do you believe that, you know, uh, it's all about the me, I'm the most important thing, the, which would be uh, e egoism? as a philosophical thought as in everybody's motivated by self-interest. So maybe you fall on that end. And so you'll make an argument that says, well, actually it's not in my self-interest to wear a mask. Um, and I'm not an altruist. So actually I don't care what happens to you, 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 or you, as um, mm -hmm. long as I'm okay. So, but you're, you're formulating and you're making these arguments and you're practicing philosophy. <laughs> you just don't call it that, mm -hmm. but that's what it is. Yeah. I like that a lot. You, you obviously I asked sort of what the difference is between religion and um, and spirituality. Uh, sorry, religion and, and philosophy. And your answer uh, made me think a bit of a Venn diagram, um, sort of a bit almost like petals of a fly of a, a flower. So not just three kind of bits, but maybe five or seven or 12 and there's all this overlapping because actually what you were describing in terms of not necessarily the questioning but in terms of the the how you go about your day 
that sort of makes me think of certainly some aspects of religion. So I do think there's there's a, a layering there. But then that made me think back to, well, actually, what's the difference between religion and spirituality? And I've, I've thought about this a lot over the years because religion, and I, where I got to was that religion is essentially how you operate, as it were, whereas spirituality is more of the intuition the the questioning the exploring the understanding why behind things and so from that perspective I suppose if and, and that was where I'd got to and, and actually these days I think there's much more blurring of the lines I think there's there's much more spirituality within day-to-day religion but there'll um, be subsets of each other isn't it so religion you can look at as organized spirituality mm, um, mm. Because it'll have yeah. here's a set of rules dealing with the soul, dealing with your inner life, and you need to practice in this way. Spirituality is much more of, of an individual pursuit, um, but a pursuit around the same common thing: what's the state of my soul and what's my inner life like? Um, you know, if you are, um, you know, if you're an individual and you're quite happy in exploring your spirituality and your soul in different um, methodologies, and you don't need an organized religion to do that. Um, some people like the comfort of having a religion because uh, mm-hmm. it's, well, it's got rules, it's got structure, um, and here's where philosophy would play in. It, 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 it's, you know, it's in line with my philosophy of life. Um, so I can I can I can accept this religion, because um, it fits with my concept or philosophy of of life, um, and it's got a set of rules and it's got a community with it. And there's other like-minded people that believe the same way. So now I've got the, the community to draw upon on in that. So it's useful in that sense. And then yeah, so I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. So um, but the both religion and spirituality you know their currency is the soul or the inner life it's just how you go about exploring that concept of the soul spirit or inner life is where they differ Mm, i love it i I just even listening to you my brain continues to think and to question and to make connections and it's just it, to me it's it's really interesting and actually we quite often say you know if there's only one thing that we could kind of talk about for the rest of our days what would it be and for me it's it's definitely in this space of um how do we live and how do we think and how do we how See, do we do that effectively you are a philosopher because Yay! that's well listen one of the fundamental questions <laughs> of philosophy is is how to live that's the yeah. fundamental question of philosophy and, and so there's two, two quite fundamental questions what's a life for and how to live mm. and, and yes and a lot of the time you know i'm talking about people well, with people about what is your life purpose which is okay that's specifically about the individual but what is a life for is is the kind of the umbrella 
for that, I so guess you would say. A, you've been a practicing philosopher all these years. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? What's a life for? Mm. What is a life for? Well, since you've asked the question, you've thrown it out there. It's great. It is a great question. It's What's the answer? What's well, the great answer? So the answer for me is a life is for growth and development, for finding out more about yourself uh, in order for you to choose kind of a how you act and react to things and how you live your life. So a life is about you becoming more aware of who you are and and how you be. And I, that doesn't sound like it's a, a right phrase, but that's how it feels. Um, and it's about, for me, it's about really, well, what are these thoughts going on inside of my head and how do I embody that? Okay. I like yeah. it. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, <laughs> I don't I was think just, I've ever shared that before. So yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, there's a, a really neat book. Um, it's called What's It All About? The Philosophy and the Meaning of Life, Julian uh, Baghini. And he outlines that there's um, like there's seven answers to this kind of question of what's a life for. Um, so some people that there's more things in heaven and earth. So you've got the sort of spiritual aspect. Some one aspect is around that you're here to help. So it's about others and community um, or of service. Uh, another is about ser- selfless service. So the greater good. Um, then you got hedonism. So as long as you're happy, everything is good. So the whole point is to be happy and uh, more hedonistic view and then this one that you and i were having a a debate about on the sort of practical personal you know coaching bit uh, one philosophy or meaning of of life is uh, this idea about goals and task and achievement is the is the point of life is to achieve stuff and so you're always trying to grow and achieve and all that nonsense (laughs) Um, well, I and, guess it depends on what, what the goals look like because it's... Well, just know, achieve, achievement-oriented, I think, so um, is what, it, what he's after, whatever that whatever the achievement might be, but that that's the... It's your central orientation is around achievement. Um, another orientation is around, you know, winning <laughs> um, and always kind of, you know, I don't know, striving to... Well, it's why other countries take over other countries, isn't it? It's all about seizing power and control um mm. so yeah so i thought that, i mean that's an interesting book because it kind of i mean the big question is you know what's the meaning of life is the giant question but he kind of breaks it down into you know the sort of seven major sort of orientations and i have a little exercise um and i don't know we we might want to do something around this whether it's an episode or whether we we, we create some kind of um mini lesson or mini course on but it helps you to choose um it's based off again you know there's a handful of these um i mean if you break down the principles um like the ones about outlook and ones about focus of life there's about seven different things on this list or eight i can't remember how many of there is um but essentially it helps you to develop or helps you to develop your philosophy of life, or at least to uncover what your 
philosophy of life is. Um, and it's, yeah, it's pretty, it's a pretty neat um, aspect. Uh, and maybe, maybe we'll do something um, with it. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. Uh, would you share a little bit with us now? Uh, I'm just trying to find it now as we're, sp- ah. we're sort of speaking, but um, then I can do. So we also had some, okay, here, it's just come out. I was trying to stall a little bit. <laughs> so there's a, there's two two parts to it it's like your preferred way to live so there's ways of living and it's um it's based off of um um this book called paths of life and there's essentially 13 ways of living and just an example one way is cautiously intelligently preserve the best of our culture in order to develop an orderly active just world um, another one off of there is be self-sufficient, go on alone, avoid close social ties. And so there's a, a lev, 13 of these. Mm, I don't know who that one is. Uh, I don't know. Because I don't actually, <laughs> but I, I don't actually, that's not my top one on that list. There's a bunch no, of No, really? There's there's one that's tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Lone Wolf. <laughs> yeah, well, I might be a lone wolf. It's not my highest value. Or my highest way of life. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I like this. I like this. Yeah. I definitely think we should do something about this. And then the other part of that is then your life goals. So you talk about values and purpose. So, for instance, one might be, uh, one of them is a world at peace. So free of war and conflict. Freedom is the second one. Uh, happiness, contentedness, um, an exciting life. So it just becomes values or purpose of life and that's based off of um a dude named Rokic and there's a book called The Nature of Human Values. Um and there's 18 of those. Um and so basically you go through these these questionnaires basically to help you whittle down what's most important to you um, mm. in relationship to that because then you can then structure your personal philosophy of life around that and then start to orient your life around that thing that's that's central to you. See, I, I like the sound of that because I, I think this, I mean, there's obviously there's this work that we both do in terms of helping people elicit their values. And once you become more conscious of something like your values, then you can make more conscious decisions about how you participate in the world uh, or, or not as it were although not is still participating um so i like i like the idea that there's a structure though to to do this because if i think back to you know my last kind of 35 years i you know i'll be reading things and i'll be thinking things and i'll go on training courses and i'm always kind of working things through and then i will see something and I'll be working with that maybe for a few years or what have you. Um, and then somebody, will, you know, it will come out in conversation and somebody goes, oh, yes, there's a book on that. Or there's a this on that or a, the other. And it turns out that, you know, that's been happening all along. And there is absolutely value in finding these things out for yourself. Um, sometimes I will admit to thinking, oh, well, if I'd have known it was there, you know, I could have kind of 
hot-footed it to there and got here a bit quicker. Um, but there is absolute, you know, it, I think it, it helps. But that's I what think I think we you. miss with the dialogue, and hence why I like philosophy, because you have these kind of discussions that help you to continue on a continual basis to... Um, and why philosophy is a communal thing. I mean, you want to talk about the campfire. You sit around and you have these discussions, but it helps you to, you know, solidify your thinking. It helps you to get other views. It helps you to continue to refine your um, thinking and your belief system and value system. Um, and one of the things that Socrates was good at would be, yeah, challenge. You know, like, we, you know, one of the famous ones about courage. What is courage? You know, and then he would challenge people on what, you know, well, they say and that courage is the most important value. And he's like, well, why? Mm-hmm. Again, just because someone told you it is, and then what do you mean by sort of courage? So his thing and that whole Socratic method was about um, asking that sort of why question. So why, why, why is this uh, a thing? And where did you get that? assertion from um, so he was big into his questions and if you're into life coaching or coaching in general um socrates would be the og coach because <laughs> well his whole thing was questions and he's first to say that the only thing that he um, knew for certain is that he didn't know anything basically and so let so, me just clarify what do you mean by og coach uh, original gangster Come on, okay. that's a gangster language. <laughs> well, I, I had an old guy in my head, yeah. and then I thought, Original oh, no, that might not gangster. be what it is. Yeah. He's an <laughs> OG coach, um, Socrates is. That's, he made his life as just on asking questions. So he never, like, he didn't have a school of thought and say, hey, you have to believe like this. His whole thing was questioning yeah. and question, why do you believe that or think that? And which made him dangerous, which is why they eventually poisoned him and, or made him kill himself <laughs> because he was inciting the youth to think for themselves. <laughs> mm. God forbid you should ask people to think for themselves and not just obey blindly uh, what those in authority tell you is the way you should be thinking and believing. So that's, that's why he died, for supposedly inciting people <laughs> to think for themselves. Um. But yeah, so um, yeah. Again, I, I, I'm glad we had this conversation because I think it's important for everyone to really realize that for, you know if we can, if we can take back. And you used to have a business, maybe a business. Still, let's take back control. If we can take, mm. we can retake the name of philosophy back again. And again, I think you know we we miss a vital element of our selves as humans by i mean as i say it does happen all the time anyway you're just doing it so if we can and there was a guy there was a guy who started these things called the socrates cafe um and he was trying to lead a movement to reclaim uh philosophy back from the academics um and if you go to his site he's got a book as well but there's a site and it gives you um, like you can run these little Socrates cafes in your local cafe or wh- whatever, but it gives you a whole bunch of um, uh, 
learning material or, or, or an organization, a way to organize your meetings and things like that. And there was one in rugby. In fact, I started one for a little while in Limington Spa. Um, and then there's one in rugby that they meet before the whole lockdown and pandemic stuff would meet um, in a pub when we'd have a meal together. And then someone, yeah, there was a question that was generally circulated before the meeting. And then we'd sit around and philosophize, um, which was always good. I think the last one I went to, we were having a discussion about uh, free will versus... I guess fate, whether we have free will or not. Which oh, is, interesting! Yeah, that always sends you down a nice rabbit hole. That one, because yeah, it's an interesting one. But we'll have to, we'll, we'll maybe have that conversation. I don't, I won't start that conversation because <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we won't be able to finish that today, <laughs> and we'll go on a tangent and start talking about that. Now, one of the other things that you know we had in terms of clarification of terms. And it was always this, well, this concept, and this might just be me, but this, the idea of self-development versus personal development. Yeah, so you're right, because I I always refer to personal development and you refer to self-development. Um, and also personal I, growth is in there as well. Yeah, so, so where do we split those? And, and how, and actually the, the more we've been talking and, and the conversations that we've been having, and, and in fact, the podcast came about because I was missing a stimulating conversation in my life, you know, um, on a any kind of regular basis. And of course, that's why when we started to talk, it was kind of like, well, who do I go to when I have big questions of life that I want to explore? Oh, well, I go to Clay. And, and that's, of course, how the podcast was born, really. Um, so when I say personal development, I kind of mean anything to do with you as an individual. But you take issue with that sometimes, don't you? Yeah. I mean, in a, I guess in a purely semantic kind of way, then anything to do with you is personal development. Um, I think where I kind of draw them out as I look at, because I'm look, I'm thinking of self. So maybe this is a distinction, because you know you, you know you have the sort of three selves, don't you? Lower self, higher self, that kind of almost the psychological aspect of self development with a capital. So like S. the id, the ego, and the super yeah, ego. Yeah, id, ego, super ego, or in other terms, your your. Um, base self or animalistic self, your ego self, and then your higher self. Um, so I, I, so, and this is again, probably maybe just, you know, a distinction that I look at. I look at self with a capital S and that's probably a good way to look at it. So if I say lowercase S self-development, personal development equal, uh, mm-hmm. capital S self-development for me is a psychological aspect of your three sort of selves, your id, ego, superego, or your base self, ego self, higher self. And But these aspects of your psychological makeup um, is where I look at self-development with a capital S. And this is, you know, you've... Th- 
put on that line of, you know, going towards enlightenment, the whole sort of mysticism comes into this where we're trying to touch the divine um, or to sort of our God selves, you know, all that sort of, um, yeah, dealing with the soul, dealing with spirit, dealing with sort of mysticism divine is where I see self-development with a capital S. So yeah. then I wonder, it's almost like I've been, not intentionally, obviously, but almost sloppy with my with my terminology. And, and I can be uh, very hot on my semantics, so it's interesting. But, but I think people I talk do about just interchange in, in, in them all the time, don't they? I don't think it's, um, yeah. Well, yeah, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's helpful. And, and everything that I think about, I always want to make it is, is this helpful? Is mm. this effective? You know, is this, you know, basically, if you're wasting your time, don't bother. There's plenty of other things to be doing. So I think of personal development and, and I am thinking about a lot to do with maybe your soul and your spirit and, and touching on spirituality and, and mysticism or and sometimes more than touching, you know, if I'm doing my shamanic stuff. Mm. Um, but and then the uh, the Kabbalah as well. Actually, I, it's interesting. I've, I've had a couple of conversations in the last few days, and I've always been pronounced. I've pronounced the Kabbalah, um, and been told actually it's Kabbalah. So now I know that I shall res- refer to it as Kabbalah, which is technically or is is often known as the mystic side of Judaism or the spiritual yeah. side of Judaism. And, and do you spell it with a K or a Q? Oh, a K. Okay. Okay. So with a Q. That's not linked in in my view. That's not linked to Judaism. What's that, that linked tends to? to be, that would be linked to magic with a K rather than a C. Which okay, I, you know exactly. Um, and and I don't go there. That's that's not my side of things. So if I I practice you're, you're some right. magic before. That's interesting. I can imagine you probably have. Um, so that's really curious, actually. But yeah, and, and again, it's you touched on that, and and immediately I kind of went, oh no, I don't go there. Oh. That's, you know, and I, I was surprised at my own reaction. Um, but then the other thing, and I'm slightly on a tangent, I think, but we'll come back in a second, is actually technically the Kabbalah, and I have to really think to pronounce it differently than the way I have been, but the Kabbalah is not, it's not Judaism. Now, it's obviously linked to it because it was kind of a, and I'm, I don't want to offend because, again, I haven't quite got my facts straight. So it was a forerunner in a way, and it was mm, – I don't think I know enough, actually. I'm going to have mm. to find out more and come back on this. But um, it's not actually – you don't have to be Jewish or you don't have to believe Ooh. in Judaism to Spe- Speaking of religion up. and spirituality, I got the um, – what are these people called? Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses? No, the I think it's the, <laughs> it might be the Mormon guys. Okay, they've been all over me. Elder M is calling me right now. <laughs> um, um, it, it just, just no, no, no. We're not skipping over that. So when you say they've been all over you, yeah. in terms of oh, knocking on your door. Or well, no, well, I well, because I talked to everyone, and you know, they were in town one day, and we were just talking about God. Um, and we had a nice little cup because, you know, me being the philosopher that I am, it was like, okay, well, 
I started having this conversation with them. It's like, hey, what's what's God been up to lately? Um, and so, yeah, we just kind of got into that. And at the time, I actually happened to be reading two books on God. Um, and so it was just, na- it was it was like perfect timing for me to, um, to yeah, have that conversation because I'd just been reading about God. Um, and so, yeah, we just kind of got into that. But of course, well, I was wanting to have the conversation because, you know, generally interested in where they see God at these days. Um, but for them, I think it was the spin to get me to come to worship and all that sort of stuff, which I wasn't uh, adverse to. I was like, I didn't want to come to your church, but if you guys do a uh, a Bible study of some description where we're going to, you know, be able to go and um, and and talk about these things, then I might be inclined to come along to that. So, but yeah, so they've just been chasing me up to come along. But, and that's, you know, that's interesting because actually you and I, again, we enjoy the discussion. We enjoy the exploration, um, particularly by talking through things, by hearing other people's viewpoints. And, you know, obviously at the moment, you you know, we talk about this a lot, but you get to read a lot more than I do, or you do read a lot more than I do. Um, And and I, I think it's so useful. I think, you know, having those kind of conversations, which, and, and you know, sometimes there's a purpose to them and sometimes they just naturally flow, um, you know, and I just think they are so helpful to allow us to find out more about ourselves and more about the world. Well, that's exactly it. And if you're talking self-development, personal development, it's helping developing your whole being in that sort of sense but then there are people and, and maybe that's where we you know what you know i when i was i get i get the hump when you you suggest that i'm not practical <laughs> um yeah i don't think i suggest you, you're not suggest practical, that I'm practical. That, yeah. no it's like well you take care of that side and i'll take care of the practical side you know because <laughs> what i bring to the table is a practical thing i'm like what um but then, you know, like yeah. Ruth, for instance, like these kinds of conversations, she has no interest in at all because mm. they're, for her, they're, they aren't practical. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, but there's stuff to be got done. But I agree with her. The conversation. Stuff. So I, I absolutely agree with, with Ruth being your wife. For anybody who's listening who wonders why we've just chucked Ruth into the situation, I agree with her. I don't think that the conversations themselves, in and of themselves, are practical. They are a conversation. They are a thought process. They are a questioning. It's what you do as a result of that conversation. And it's not that I say that you're not practical it's just that one of the things that my business has been built on is that people know that they will come to me, they will explore all sorts of things from a personal or self-development point of view. And, and you said that this was a very Western um, yeah. philosophy, I think, before we were recording, whereby they will have, and I, and I always say you will have an action plan to go away with. Mm. Now, that action plan may be extremely practical. It might be that, I don't know, you drink, you know, two litres of water a day for the next seven days and notice the difference in uh, your awareness or your capability. Or it may be something that's more esoteric. But it's 
it's that's what I mean by practical. Yeah. And I've never said that you're not practical. No, it's just that that's how my that, business has. It. Well, but yeah, no, but you took it like that. But I, I get that. And then I, and when I think about that, this book about what's it all about, there's this one school of meaning of life is around achievement. So there's got to be tasks. There's got to be go away, do something. Um, and that, but that's just one out of seven. Um, there's a great line that I like in um, The Last Samurai, and they're in the uh, cherry blossoms, and he's looking at them. And basically, um, this um, samurai leader is like, if you, if you spent a lifetime just staring at the cherry, these cherry blossoms, it would have been a, a life well lived. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then when I think of, you know, because I'm very much into Taoism and stuff like that, um, and it's not oriented, it's, the orientation isn't about achieving something. Um, it's not about going away and, yeah, you've got to have these action plans in place. It's more about the um, the experience of of life, or the yeah the being present and being here and being um i don't know how, what's the yeah so, so so for instance like like zen would say with duality so you create a duality so in the system that we have set up um this system of achievement means you lack something which means you're not whole which creates a whole system of of feeling inadequate um because to suggest that you don't, you know, to the moment that you say that I need to get this means you don't have it. So you created this dualism and a lack of, which then wears away at your psyche because I don't have it. What's wrong with me? How come I'm not? And yeah, you've got a to-do list and you've got all this and you're on an achievement plan. But the whole time that you're doing that, you're focused on the future, a future that might never get here um, because you should be focused on the present. And, but your mind is now taken away on this future thing that you got to go away to achieve. And all the while that you're in that space of going towards achieving means you're living with a mindset of lack. Um, I and, hear that. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's just that. But like I say, there's, it, when you look at what's the meaning of life, as I said, there's seven of them. That's one of them is the achievement oriented, which is nothing wrong with that. If that's your, if that's your philosophy of life, if that's how you organize your way of being, then that's that's fine for you. But that's the that's the conversation that people should have. So is this really my you know, I know that, you know, you know, the greater part of the society is pushing me to be this way, but that doesn't mean that is the way that's for me. Um and maybe some of the angst that people feel is that they feel they have to be in that system. Um, and they have to do these things, so they try to conform, and all it does is really cause them more angst. Which we touched on, of course, in our very first episode of Work-Life mm. Balance. So it's really interesting because I think we both actually probably agree more than we may sound like we do, because actually the reason I give people an action plan and you mentioned, you know, for a long, long time, um, my business 
kind of has been focused on helping people take back control of their life. And this was very much a dual layer. So people were attracted to it because they they weren't happy with their life. So they would come to work with me so that they could find happiness or if I say change their life to find happiness. But actually what we generally were doing was finding the happiness that was already there within their life, at which point once they'd connected with that, then it was much easier or it is much easier to naturally change whether it's circumstances or, uh, or or specific things that are happening or not happening or that you have or that you don't have it's easier to to make those changes when you're already happy with what you've got and so actually that was very much my focus you can take back control of your life because whatever the circumstances so here's the interesting thing and we'll have to do this again let's maybe make a note make it an episode because um you know what is happiness versus mm. being happy like for the longest time i didn't care about being happy happiness was a you know you know people say what do you want out of life i just want to be happy happiness was never a goal of mine i never really cared about being happy um now happiness yes because i generally am in terms of happiness as a state of well-being uh, and its natural meaning of happiness yes but happy was never a pursuit to mine so it becomes that question of what is happy versus happiness but also and again you know people who are unhappy are they unhappy because of someone else's definitions of happy someone else's definition of what success is, someone else's definition of what they should be doing with their life or what their life should look like. You know, so there's all, again, where, where again, I think we're, you know, in line with this episode where philosophy is a key driver for me is that those are almost the more fundamental questions to ask first though, mm. before building on top of a system that you, that you haven't actually understood just yet so um always yeah yeah it's it's no definitely and and i know that you don't do this and I, but you said it a couple of times that you give people action plans and i know as from myself as a coach i never give anybody any action plan from the philosoph- philosophical belief that if you want to do it you'll yeah. do it um so they give themselves an action plan if they want to but i never ever give um i may ask what is it that you're going to do but I'll never give anyone an action plan because if they really want to do it, then they'll do it. Um, so just, I'm going to interject yeah. here. So my, it's not, oh, how do I put this? It it will depend on what is, what that person has identified as a need within their life. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, they will be creating the action plan themselves. But sometimes there is something that's outside of their awareness at this point and they have no idea how to. I don't know what I don't know. Exactly. And so sometimes then I would give them a, well, would you like to try or how about doing such and such? And then they can go and they can try it and then they can. Yeah, um, but that's different from saying that you've given them something, you've asked them yeah. permission. So, uh, so, yeah. so in which case, again, it's, it may be semantics, but you're right. There's, it's very rare that I would say, off you go and do such and such, because that's the whole, that, that totally undermines why people come to me for empowerment coaching and, you know. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, just more again, just a clarification that for people that are listening, uh, I'm pretty sure as a coach you wouldn't say go do this, but you might make suggestions, <laughs> and that person may go away and do those, act on those. They have the choice still. Basically, what I'm saying. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you obviously you're talking a little bit about happiness. Um, and you're right. I mean, the term happiness, I think, is banded around quite a lot these days. And I do think we should do an episode on it. Yeah, because it's a I quite important one as a big one. Well, it is. I mean, to be fair, I also, I'm not attracted to being happy. But what I'm always, and I was going to say what I'm always enjoying, is enjoyment. So am I getting enjoyment from this? Basically, do I feel warm and fulfilled? Am I enjoying this experience? Am I enjoying this thought? Um, and I go through phases where I sign off my emails in joy, which is just me being silly and playing around with enjoy and enjoy. Um, because to me, being you know living enjoyment is just, it's something that I didn't do for such a long time. Yeah, but now if we break open this book, what's it all about? Enjoyment in some of them yeah. is not part of the equation. In fact, See, enjoyment really would be being selfish. Um, so again, it's not there isn't a one right answer, but then this is what philosophy mm -hmm. challenges you to do is to ask the questions and then figure out what works best for what do you want to do with your life, basically? How do you want to live it? But asking the question as opposed to just adopting someone else's point of view or adopting your parents' um, thing or adopting this guru because they say this is the way to whatever. And because, yeah, I mean, there's some schools of thought in here, you know, suffering is the better, more noble um, point of life and the purpose of life. And if you're off enjoying yourself, then you're being selfish and not fulfilling your mission. But that's just a someone's you know that's a school of thought but it doesn't mean it's the right one and but you have to ask those questions for yourself to kind of figure out what they are and we haven't even touched into the fact that i'm a flippant um existentialist <laughs> in my real sort of philosophy i guess point of view is that that life is meaningless um and then in, in in so being meaningless you then have the power to create your own meaning um and that's where the strength comes in but ultimately life is meaningless well okay i'll leave you with i'll leave you with that thought that's that's my parting words folks <laughs> life is meaningless oh wow okay well i certainly wasn't expecting to finish on on that one um, but I am going to go and find out some more about Julian Baghini. I, I think I've got one of his books, actually, How you the World Thinks. Yeah. Um, He's got a couple I, of good ones like that. Yeah. Well, I picked up that um, when I had my 50th last year. I got lots of book tokens. And I just went and spent a whole day browsing in an actual, real, physical bookshop. Um, and it was just so, so, so lovely. And I picked up several books, and one of them was, was How the World Thinks, A Global History of Philosophy. Um, the reality is I haven't yet read it, but my husband has just started to read it. So I'm really interested, and I'm, I'm definitely interested in the book that uh, you have just mentioned that he's written. Fabulous. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, good. So okay. We, have we cleared up anything? 
Well, I, as we've said, really, what we're about is asking questions and developing our thoughts. And yeah, but do you have more clarity? Yeah, have, do have we have more clarity? Do you well, have more yeah. clarity? After having come to the end of this discussion, do you have do. more clarity? And as your do, mind moved on, are you solidified in some thinking? Yeah, I think my, I do have more clarity. And there is just a couple of bits that we actually didn't necessarily pick up on. But in terms of the self-development and self-growth or personal growth, actually, there's a, a phrase you use a lot, which I have come to embrace uh, since you introduced me to it, which is self-inquiry. And when we talk about these things, I realise that actually all the stuff you're talking about is actually what I'm already doing, whether it's conscious or not conscious. And it is just, a lot of it is that maybe just tweaking those phrases or actually clarifying our meanings when we're talking. Um, and I suspect that that will be useful for everybody listening as well, because, yeah. you know, there's so much confusion and, and so many, you know, arguments happen because, you know, you say one thing and your meaning is different to the person who's hearing it because they would use different words. And actually, if we just get beneath that and just say, what's really happening here? Or what do you really mean by that? Actually, it turns out that we're more connected than we think we are. Maybe. And then here's another episode is um, the honest, like communication. So a lot of communication, what you've just kind of described to me there, maybe doesn't happen because I'm unsure what your reaction is going to be. So I give you a version (laughs) that I think you're going to want to hear. (laughs) Um, I can't tell you what I truly think because I'm not sure that I, how, whether you're going to shoot me down and break my soul or whether you're going to get angry at me or so how much do we filter our conversation as opposed to being brutally honest like say whatever's on your mind so how much you know how much filtering do you actually do which is Mm. probably a lot it probably is and sometimes and what would life look like if you just went uh, and just said everything (laughs) that was on your mind i'm listening and i'm kind of getting excited thinking we could go straight into that now but we can't we can't we're going to come to the end of this because i also yeah no see look i just have ideas are you going to write these down and put them on our travel board did you not notice me writing? You're going to have to edit out the scratchy pen yeah. from when, when we put the podcast out. So, yes, I've written down. I think our next episode will be about what's happiness and versus enjoyment, and we will talk about that. Um, but then, yeah, I think we should definitely do an episode about uh, honest communication because I think sometimes we, we filter, but it's not necessarily that with consciousness. All filter. the time. No, we oh, are okay. constantly filtering. Well, sometimes we're not. Sometimes we don't know ourselves. So how can I be open and honest in my community? communication unless i say i don't know what i really mean by this but so yeah. on that note okay we'll leave it at that we're gonna yeah. call it a wrap you might so, not, yeah. yeah i'd be really interested if you're listening and this has helped clarify some things and opened up new things for you so as you know we have our facebook group um which is the wisdom experience podcast group over on facebook come and join us there and yeah, if you've enjoyed the conversation, let us know because we're like and subscribe, man. But like and subscribe, help us it. grow. Yeah. Like and subscribe, please help us grow. Well, this is what my seventeen-year-old says on his YouTube videos. He says, "Please like, share, and subscribe." 
Exactly. And we would love it if you would do the same. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Okay, cool. Thank you. That yeah. was great. <laughs>